I spoke to someone today and asked them how long it took them to learn to code. Uh, I was having a chat with someone in the office and I was surprised to find that they hadn't gone straight into coding. But as in straight from, like, it was their first job or they'd also come from a different career? Yeah, I I was surprised it wasn't their first job. I, I don't know. I just assume a lot of people kind of go know that's what they want to do and then go straight into it but mm-hmm. uh, if I, it's not really the case they didn't know at a certain point that they wanted to become a developer and then eventually did or was it not as defined as i that? think um the interesting thing for me was that they had actually done a computer science degree i think they they had like one career and then decided like tried tried doing some games development and uh, kind of launching their own apps and things but that didn't seem to work so then they went and did a computer science degree and oh, then okay. um and and then after that got their job in the career i a, suppose a separate, i don't know if separate to develop development and then since then have become developer nope different career something in hotels or something two years doing game development for themselves and then they went to do a computer science degree for three years and then they got their career in kind of the paid employed world of tech as opposed to just doing it for yourself. So I found that quite interesting that someone, that you could make that decision to then go to do a degree. But I guess it, it, there's lots of uh, variables and we've talked about that before. But I know that when I was away, you sent out a call on Twitter asking a question. I did, yeah. Uh, exactly on this topic, I wanted to know um, how long it takes to go from knowing that you want to become a developer to actually starting work at your first development job. Um, I thought that would be sort of interesting to get a few more data points because one of the things we're limited by on the podcast really is I've had quite a, a long rambling road to get here and yours has been relatively condensed um, and quite linear. Um, so I thought it might be interesting to get some more perspectives on that. Hmm. It, it felt quite rambly <laughs> when I was doing it. <laughs> In terms of the uh, the amount of work I was putting in and motivation and things like that, but I suppose you're right. It's kind of one thing led to another. Yeah, the way when I think about it, I think you decided you wanted to learn to code, and then you learnt to code, and then you got a job <laughs> coding. Yeah. Um, uh, what as what aspects of that seem more fuzzy to you then? Um, probably just the maybe the just the amount of time it took me to actually. Uh, mm-hmm get a job it just felt like a, a stretched two years essentially felt like a very stretched out amount of time but maybe it was something that i needed yeah so lo- loyal listeners will know that you you kind of picked it almost scientifically you know you tried out a few different ideas and coding was the one that you decided on um so would you reckon it's it is two years from deciding to getting your first job yeah i can remember it was it was uh, i guess two summers ago um and I, we've talked about this before, but that was when I decided I kind of knew that that's, that's the career I wanted to go into. And that's when I started really taking it seriously, learning it and spending uh, quite a lot of time in my evenings and weekends doing it. Like, there was a point where I thought now is the time to, uh, to start going for this properly. Well, I'm glad it, I'm glad it actually did work out. We've got some <laughs> substance for the podcast. <laughs> Could have been a tragedy um, otherwise. Yeah. So do you want to tell the listeners what the question is? Well, you I think you phrased it slightly more succinctly than I did. So uh, why don't you you get the honour of reading it out? Yeah. It goes, how long does it take to get a job in tech? It was interesting thinking about how linear your 
path has actually been. And then it wasn't until I asked this question and started getting answers from people saying, well, you know, you can't actually put a start and an end on it, that I realised that mine was, was pretty much the same. I'd been tinkering with, I actually kind of knew I could make websites before I knew I wanted to make websites, in a, in a manner of speaking. So I had a, a kind of a light bulb moment work where a colleague I was working with was ha like had a server and ran some websites on the side and someone tried to get in touch with me to get in touch with them about some work they had that they they wanted they wanted a website making and I was like well actually you know uh, I could I could do that myself do you want me to do it <laughs> they said no but because <laughs> I had I had no portfolio and no track record or anything but it, that instant was when I thought no actually it's it's not that hard I could do that turns out it was that hard it took me ages um but then like a few literally a few months after that i well yeah quit quit that current job and and went on to to be freelance for about a little under a year of freelancing which in reality was learning how to do the job basically for, for yeah one no uh, i have i had two technically two clients with regular work but not enough to like Certainly less than minimum wage I was on for, for for that time and eating up my savings. But essentially, was the equivalent of me going to going to university and studying it. It was like a ten month boot camp, I think of it. And then at the end of that, I'd actually had published, I had released an e commerce site, which is not a mean feat for a for a beginner. And off the back of that, managed to get my first job at actually an actual agency, and that was very much like learning to drive versus. Like having passed your test and then driving, um, and then learning how to drive again all, all over again. It's that kind of experience. Like I knew technically what I was doing enough to get stuff together, but then as soon as you're into a professional environment with project managers and deadlines and things that are not entirely managed by yourself, then I think you grow. Well, I certainly grew up quite fast <laughs> in, that, in that first first couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. So there were some like. Uh kind of hard cut off not cut off points cut on points hmm. there were some like hard points where things changed but kind of the maybe the beginning was a bit more nebulous and a bit kind of a gradual sort of progress into wanting to become a coder could you put a could you put a like a date on when you wanted to become a coder and you thought this is the career i want to do it's hard uh, i think yeah that that point where i thought i could do this i like this person is asking for a website I could I make websites for fun. I could make a website for money. Um, that was yeah. a big that was a big turning point. And from there to actually leaving my job to do it properly, and sort of, so by that point I'd lined up my first client, and it wasn't. I was a little bit seat of, seat of my pants, but it wasn't a completely mad decision. I did have like a plan and a strategy. Um, blew all my savings yeah. on a massive iMac and. <laughs> And got started. In fact, no, I didn't. No, that was much later. Yeah, I was doing it all off uh, the uh, little the tiny white, white, thirteen white inch MacBook. Yeah, the little thirteen yeah. inch MacBook that I got made for university <laughs> was made of plastic, which has started to like degrade now. I've still got it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> on its on its second battery. Um, yeah, but then yeah. yeah, it was it was probably a little more than a year from thinking I could do that as a job to actually working for someone else doing it so what i think of as doing it professionally as opposed to my freelance time which was i was doing it was all i was doing it was how i was making my money and how i'm making a living but it wasn't in retrospect i don't think of it as being professional mm, interesting i know i guess that we could we could dive uh, more into what it means to be a professional or something but, yeah. uh, i think we're just assuming 
you're getting a fairly regular salary from the job that you're doing oh and also in also in that time between quitting non-cody job to being employed as a coder in that time i was making probably more money out of design work i was kind of doing a lot of freelance design stuff and yeah. probably making more from that than i was from coding so that was again another element of transition and i think like based on responses to the tweet and from just talking to people generally around i think quite a few people have um had that kind of into the like joined from a development adjacent profession so like design I think, or maybe project management i think people transition that way i've worked with a few people over the last few years who have been in yeah an adjacent role like uh, sales or maybe uh, product management or um, even like scrum masters who don't code who have all learned to code while they're doing it and i think actually looking back one or two of them are now like full-time coders so it, 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 that is less of a leap than say you're like i am going to decide to career, change career where they've just kind of <laughs> sidestepped from one tech thing to another tech thing maybe i in yeah. my in my opinion they've gone a bit deeper and are doing it a bit better but other people might think differently and you know i'm <laughs> i'm biased as a developer <laughs> So it's quite interesting looking at some of the responses, um, some of them varying from three months right up until looks like uh, maybe eight years for some of them. Um, but it seemed like a more gradual change over that course of time. It has been insightful seeing these uh, other opinions or not other opinions, other facts um, that it can be done in certain times but then it's kind of it's really highlighting that everyone's way of doing it is completely different to everyone else uh, there's no one way of deciding to become a coder and becoming a coder uh, everyone's story will be different um and some of them look like a lot harder than others someone's like studying at night while working a labor intensive construction job i thought that one was quite interesting the fact that i could eventually work in an air-conditioned office in the middle of the southern summer heat really kept me motivated so I guess that's my not working in a school. <laughs> is, yeah, some uh, people have had it even harder than you, and it's. Yeah, yeah I uh, I take back all my uh, moaning. <laughs> <laughs> I think what also came out of it is that there's quite a few people who are following along. Kind of, I suppose we should expect this: people who are followers of the podcast, who are still in that progress, that in are still going through that process. They're still learning, and they haven't got that first job yet. Uh, or they're in their they're in the application stages, or they're just starting out. It, it is interesting to get a little snapshot of of listeners and where they are. I think if we were to average it out, it probably averages out about two years. So I say you're you're fairly typical. I mean, just yeah, like squinting and putting your thumb over it and going, yeah, it's probably about two years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we take out the two, the the, the most common number is two. <laughs> um, but I mean, there's. Yeah, it's interesting. Some people are still uh, still looking um, at this time and kind of didn't. It's interesting to see that some of them kind of started coding first and then thought, oh, I could do this as a job. That's quite. Whereas for me, I was kind of, I guess, because I had you to see that it was something that you could do, probably gave me a bit more insight into it. Maybe if you didn't have that, you wouldn't know that it's the sort of career that you could just kind of dive into. You may be looking from the outside, you think, oh, you definitely need a computer science degree and to spend all this money and time on education. Um, whereas you, it's, it's kind of, yeah, if you don't know it, then you're not going to know that it's something that you can spend your own time doing. Yeah, that's a, it's a very good point, actually. It's like the, the knowledge that it's even possible doesn't come until you've 
you're the sort of person that's tinkered and played around and then suddenly you have that kind of maybe it may i imagine it might be similar to that light bulb moment that i had of like suddenly oh there's this thing that i'm doing for fun and to kind of support my other hobbies and stuff but actually there's some weight to it it's got a there's it's it's a skill that i've developed almost by accident that could be put to use yeah something to really hammer home to those that are still in that process as well of learning is that it does take years it can take up to like many many years in some some instances and there are success stories at the end of those yeah so yeah so i mean some people five years two years three years is not something that you're going to do necessarily do in a couple of months um it seems like the, the average your average person especially if you're changing from a different career where you're working full-time it's it's a long process to be able to get it so when you get there and you finally get that job that's something to be really proud of um but in the moment you're probably going to feel a bit more uh, a bit more uncomfortable and you're going to feel like you're not sure about whether it's taking you too long it would be very easy though to get the impression that it's a, is a quick process like you look at the marketing materials for boot camps for instance specifically and they will always say oh yeah you do it come come to us for three months or maybe even a month and then you'll get a coding job at the end of it and that starts to paint a picture that it is something that can be picked up really quickly. And often, like, if you look on like personal finance, Reddit and stuff like that, people who are like, oh, what can I do to get a higher paying job? A lot of, often the advice is, oh, just learn to code as if it's something you can pick up in an evening. Like, um, which all the evidence, I, I don't know anyone who's picked it up in... I mean, we've had a couple of people respond on Twitter saying like, like multiple months. Um, I don't know anyone who's done it less than that. And I think that is a pretty rare occurrence. I think most people, certainly everyone I've ever worked with who, who programs for a living, t- took years to get, either they did a three-year degree or, or more, or they spent a long time learning in their spare time like we did and, and took years in that instance. Um, so it's good to highlight that because if you're working on your own and all you've got to go on is what you're Googling and you're looking at marketing materials for, for boot camps and people who are trying to sell the dream of becoming a coder really quickly it might be very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, oh, oh, I'm four months in and I've not got a coding job yet. I must be terrible at this or it's not for me or I'm a failure. It is not at all the case because as soon as you have peers, you start to realise that <laughs> almost everyone has come to it in a much more roundabout fashion and a lot more slowly than you would. Uh, some of the hype would lead you to believe. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not something that's completely possible for anybody to pick up without having to go to university. Like it's definitely a it's definitely the sort of career that is good to advise to people who are looking for a better like pay and a better maybe lifestyle, working lifestyle, etc. But it's also something that probably will take a, a couple of years or a year, especially if you've got that other job that you're doing. You you're not going to have the time that that it needs. Uh, it's just a lot of time that it takes and building up knowledge on knowledge on knowledge as you go along, as opposed to kind of cramming it into one one month, uh, for example. Um, hmm. There is a lot of there are a lot of things you learn as you go along that probably wouldn't come up in a month. You don't have the experience of dealing with a bug that you can't solve for two months or something like that. I don't, <laughs> hopefully, you don't have any bugs like that. I mean, I, I had one that was close. But <laughs> oh, they happen, they happen. I think, um, I don't know if aptitude is probably not the right word, but I think some people do have uh, a built-in interest in coding and some people don't. So there is something to be said for you You do it for experiment, get, 
dip your toes in. It doesn't can't it's hard to put a timeline on because you don't know how many hours people are investing in learning. But if someone has been learning for an hour or two every night for a few months and they just don't like it, that's fair. I think people can like you should, I think after that amount of time you'll know if you like if there's some kind of intrinsic enjoyment that you get out of it or not. And I don't think everyone necessarily has that. Um, I, I've worked with some very successful developers who don't have that. So that's not even a reason not to do it as a career. But I think people should do work that they enjoy. Yeah, if if you're lucky enough to make that choice. And I think with coding, you generally are lucky enough to make that choice if you've got the time that you can commit to it and have the motivation that you want to do it. Yeah, but not every, not everyone enjoys it, do they? <laughs> so. no. My advice, though, is if someone has tried it out and they do think they enjoy it, it's definitely worth pursuing because it's quite... It's quite a lucrative career. There's a lot of jobs around at the moment. I don't know. It's hard to say if we're in a bubble or not, but certainly the last five years, from my experience, it seems like it's not been hard to find work. I mean, it's, that's 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 a terrible misstatement because it's really hard to find any job at all. But I think there are lots of companies out there hiring. So if you work hard and persevere, you should be able to... It's a sensible choice to say, I'm going to learn to code and get a job at the end of it. The jobs aren't easy to get per se. It's just that there are quite a lot of people looking for coders. Yeah, they do exist and yeah. good coders are hard <laughs> to find. So it's worth pursuing. It's, yeah. yeah, but that doesn't mean you just walk into one. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. But you think, compare it to maybe like you want to be a matte painting artist for films and you really want to... Um, work in Hollywood doing a very specific type of painting, I think there's probably, that's maybe less of a sensible career choice because yeah, the supply is not there. <laughs> Here's Tom, stomping on your dreams. <laughs> no. You uh, mapping artists <laughs> for films. <laughs> Don't listen to him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we need good map paintings all the time. <laughs> Quite a few of our listeners are from all over the world. So it might be geographically harder for some people to to find find work. If you're happy to do remote, that's good. Yeah, that's that's the really good thing about uh, the tech industry is that you can find a lot of jobs where you get to sit at home all day, yeah. <laughs> working obviously, but you don't have to if you as long as you've got like a f stable internet connection and a computer that you can work with, and maybe sometimes like companies supply you with a computer when you first start at the company. If you're working remote, then yeah, I mean, you, all you need is a stable internet connection, mm. and then you're able to work effectively anywhere in the world from anywhere in the world. Hmm. That's something that's worth noting. Actually, I've never worked anywhere that hasn't provided me with all the equipment I need to do the job. So it's. An ob like not having a computer is an obstacle to learning how to code, I think, but it's not an obstacle to getting a coding job, I think. So you learn learn on whatever you can learn on and make it work. But um, when you actually come to a proper professional position, they should be giving you the tools you need to do the job that they're paying you to do. 100%. It's been nice to do an episode that we couldn't have done at all without the input from the listeners, though. That's been quite satisfying. I mean, seeing other people's perspectives is really something is very interesting and i think it's something we need to do a bit more on the podcast i would say is maybe get some people onto the podcast to talk about their experiences yeah as a, as a middle-aged podcast we're starting to run out of our own opinions <laughs> or at least be limited by i don't the, think the you range are of our yeah. <laughs> hopefully that'll be coming maybe in 2020 we won't hold ourselves to anything as usual um but it's been really um it's been good for me as well, seeing that other people have taken two years <laughs> um, and 
like you say, all this boot camp stuff where they the, the looking from the outside at becoming a coder is kind of, oh, I'll do it in two months, three months. It's not that hard. Um, but it is actually quite hard. And to be able to do it, you should be, uh, if you've got there and you've done it yourself, you should be really proud of what you've done because it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of time and it's a lot of commitment. So, yeah, you should really hold on to that. It's a nice throwback to a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about imposter syndrome as well. It sounds like you've very specifically have been have benefited a lot from hearing other people's timelines. Um, and I, I found it really interesting. And it's been really nice to just have in, in, input from the listeners into a, the shaping of a show. And the, so thanks to everyone who did respond and also to encourage those of you listening to keep an eye on our Twitter handle. So you can follow us on there and we'll often post questions and get some, some feedback there. So, uh, but if they were looking for our Twitter profile, where would they go? Ed? They would go to at AQO code on Twitter and they would follow us and send us any questions that they've got. And you can also find us online at aqoc.dev where you'll find mildly detailed show notes for all the past episodes. Um, and that's a good place to maybe find the RSS feed and subscribe if you haven't got that already. But I imagine if you're listening to this, you probably have found the RSS feed. Especially if they got to this part of the podcast. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're really in the weeds now. <laughs> I think we better draw episode, is this 41? Yeah, 41 to 41. close. And uh, say goodbye, and we'll see everyone next week. So, ta Bye. Thanks for listening.